All right. This is it. The return of Jack Armstrong coming right up on this week's podcast. Uh, it is the Jack hour again. Uh, and it's great. Jack is just, uh, a lot of insights. We, it's all wraps, uh, for the most part, we get a little bit of uh, his predictions on the NBA uh, finals, but Jack takes us through sort of the Raptor situation, uh, what he thinks of our plans for the rest of the season. Do we tank? Do we not tank? Gives us a, a few comments on the Pascal nurse situation. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, as always, it's very insightful. And Jack even joins us for our What Drives You Crazy segment where he is very, it's a deep, deep thoughts by Jack Armstrong during the uh what drives you crazy segment but it was very poignant so uh it was there so uh with that with no further ado um jack and kitsch coming up but more importantly jack obviously all right here we go jack coming up all right we gotta see devon derozan because that man stood tall here he's got 33 points well look at this get that out of here get the one get that garbage out of here there, Middleton, shot clock down, Giannis, how many steps, Boucher, Boucher, Lowry, and a foul, and a collision, oh, two Villanova back. Wildcats there, Boucher, the building has erupted, Chris Boucher had a big putback dunk in the first half, and look at this play on Giannis, get that garbage out! Look at this right here. Oh, yeah. None of that. He makes some eye-popping plays on a nightly basis. Bracket up, Danny G. Is that what I was going to say? You said that, that me. Bracket up, Danny G. Here it is. Hello. Norman Powell. That's what I'm talking about there, Matty D. Thank you, Dan Danny G. Here's DeRozan. That mute button works beautifully. Oh, that hurts. That, oh, Jack, ouch. Get that guy with you. There you go. All right, Kitsch, welcome. Hello. This is it, the big one. Our second returning guest, uh, Mr. Jack Armstrong, joining the show. Jack, welcome back. Uh, Dave, Kitsch, uh, pleasure to be on. Uh, the last time I was on with you was in San Francisco, sure sitting was. at the uh, St. Regis Hotel uh, in San Francisco, and then literally uh, our whole world changed within a week. And uh, so it's nice to be back uh, 13 months later. And let's hope uh, 13 months from now, uh, everything's settled down and we're back to normal. But uh, uh, but how, how crazy it's been since the last time I was on with you. But it's a privilege to be on. It's a privilege uh, to be calling games again and to have sports to talk about. Thirteen more months. Jack, 13 more months? No, like you should, no, no. You're, you're not running for politics if it's 13 more no, months. No, no, no. Let's hope, let's hope it's three months, not 13 months. <laughs> well, listen, Jack, I'm glad you brought up the last time uh, you were on the pod because there's a couple housekeeping items before we dive into the Raptors. 
So what, it has been almost 13 months since you're on the show last time. And I think this is a pretty, uh, most people have a reaction once they've been on the pod. So if you could just quickly tell us, how has your life changed since being on the pod uh, almost a year ago? I mean, I'm sure it was, it was somewhat uh, life altering for you. Being on uh, the Raptors Borderline uh, podcast uh, totally changed my life. It was one of the great experiences in my life. No, I, I uh, it's one of that. the highlights, uh, one of the absolute highlights of my career. Maybe not my life, but definitely my career. You know, the Raptors winning a championship in 2019 and then being on the Raptors Borderline podcast probably uh, is, is right at the top of the list. It's, it's, it, it was a big moment in my, my career and my life. That's your one, two. Those are the one, two of the career right there. And, well, you know, it would be, uh, it, it's, it's right at the top of the list. I'm not sure exactly. It, it, that, that was, you sprung that question on me so quickly. Uh, no, I know. I, I yeah. haven't really had the time to, to, to kind of marin- let it marinate, but uh, I would say it's right there at the top. I would think you, I think you want to throw in the wedding and maybe the adoption of the boys, but no, he said career. He said career. He said career. Those are personal oh, things. This is, okay. All right. this is professional. So this is a, you know, a co- coaching career and now a broadcast career. So, uh, definitely, it, it is really, really one of the top items up in my life and in my career. See, Jack, this is what you have to get used to, right? Kitch very rarely listens to answers, so that's why he's just throwing out shit. Like, so you'll just have to get used to this for the next 40 minutes, but that's fine. I'll guide you through it. Don't worry. Uh, second topic that everyone, it seems to, a lot of Twitter chat about this, uh, Jack, uh, social media chat. Your hair is a big topic of conversation out there. Uh, is a haircut in the offing at any point in this season? Well, my mother's 94. She lives in New York. And my nephews evidently uh, showed her pictures of, uh, of their Uncle Jack. Uh, and obviously, these kids are all savvy with social media and all that. My mother had no idea what was going on. But I got a, a stern talking to by a nice little sweet Irish lady, 94, uh, about my hair. And I haven't seen my mom in quite a while. So uh, at this point, I'm, I'm letting it rip. It's pandemic. Uh, it's like, it's almost like a playoff beard. You know, you're like, I'm at a point, like, uh, I'm, I'm letting this go until things settle down, man. It's, it's, uh, uh, so I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping I do cut it soon. That means things are opened up again and, and, and back to normal. But at this point I'm in the, I don't give a damn look. It's the pandemic. Who cares? So does this mean that your mom and your wife are, are going to come to a blows of it here? They can have a serious conversation. Cause the, I, I hear the views different on this one. Well, my wife uh, kind of likes it, uh, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I, ha- I don't know what's going to happen. I, there's a family wedding at the end of May. I don't know if it'll even happen or not. Uh, but at that point, if I have to face my mother, it could be an interesting, interesting <laughs> thing. She's gotten both shots, so uh, she's good. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all works out. But at this point, I'm letting it flow and having a good time with it. And look, I'm not I'm not seeing anybody really in person a whole lot. I go out and stand in front of a TV camera. You see the front of my face, which is bad enough. So uh, we'll see. All right. Well, listen, that's good. That's a good. We'll all know when the pandemic's over, when that thing's been clipped. So that's good. Uh, that's a, that'll be a telltale sign. All right, Jack. Listen, let's dive in because we we are a time constraint uh, here a little bit today. The Raptors. Um, interesting season, obviously. So one of the things that Nurse came out recently was that he does not believe. Uh, in tanking. Okay. So I found that interesting. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on the Raptors uh, philosophy for the rest of the season, the tank, no tank. Where, where is this team better off? Are we, are we better off fighting for that somewhere between that seven and 10 seed or 
uh, do we have to take a longer view of this and, and potentially think about, you know, taking our chance of some ping pong balls and, uh, you know, start really starting that rebuild? Uh, first of all, you can't say, even if you offer tanking, you can't say it. So what someone says and what they actually mean are two different things. I'm not implying that he, he wants to. My point is, uh, players could care less about tanking. They don't care about next year. I mean, the, these guys are independent contractors. The only guys under contract next year for the Raptors are OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. The rest of the guys are playing for their professional lives. Uh, they're, they're, you know, a few of them have uh, – the team has a few options on a few guys. Um, but nonetheless, you know, in a situation like that, uh, if you're Chris Boucher – and the team has a player option for you. I mean, like, are you going to stop playing? Are you, are you, do you care about Cade Cunningham or uh, any of those guys? They could, they could care less about those guys. You're worried about yourself. If you, you're Kyle Lowry, and you're in the last year of your contract, and you're a free agent. Maybe you come back to Toronto. Maybe you go somewhere else. Who knows? Do you think he cares about any of those guys? He could care less. So the fans care about that. And, and, and I hear it from people, you know, there's people that want them to lose. There's other people that want them to keep the playoff streak alive and make the playoffs for the eighth straight year. Uh, I, my point is uh, you might have management with one viewpoint and coaches, players with another viewpoint, or they more, might all have the same viewpoint. They might all have different viewpoints. The bottom line is the thing I've learned is that you always get better through winning. And when you, when you start to lower your standards, uh, you might get lucky, uh, but you might not. And to me, uh, I, I, I trust the leadership that they have in Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, and, and Nick Nurse. I trust their leadership. It's proven. Uh, have they hit a bump in a road? A big one, no doubt. But I trust their leadership. Well, speaking of unsigned uh free agents potentially next year. Masai is one of them, right? I mean, where do you think that all shakes out? Uh, I think that shakes out uh, when things settle down in the off season and the season ends. So if the season ends on, uh, what is it? May 16th, 17th at the end of the regular last game of the regular season, and they don't qualify for the play-in or the playoffs at all, then I think that becomes a much bigger topic. Uh, If they extend longer, then the topic uh, gets pushed back for as lo- as long as it takes for them to be eliminated. But I think that becomes, I think the return of Kyle Lowry and his status and Masai's status become uh, huge, huge topics uh, somewhere in the mid, late, later part of May, maybe even early June. But those become bigger things. But in the meantime, I don't think it'll be a big topic because Uh, I think he has always tried to do the right thing for the franchise. That's a discussion when, when the dust settles, Uh, I'm sure he has a sense of how ownership feels about him. Uh, They have a sense about how they feel about him. Uh, So I, I I think uh, it'll get resolved one way or the other. Uh, And look, uh, bottom line is Masai Ujiri has many options. You know, it's interesting you know, if, if, if I owned a uh, football team, an NFL team, if I owned a, a soccer team, you know, and, and uh, whatever, uh, would I consider a guy like that to be my president? 
Absolutely. You know, like, so, you know, uh, if you're a corporation, would you consider a guy like that? I would say, yeah. So I, I think he is a guy that not only uh, from a Toronto Raptors perspective uh, has value, I think his leadership qualities have value on a multitude of platforms well above and beyond just basketball in the sporting world, uh, in the political world, in the corporate world. So I think he has a lot of options and uh, I don't know where it's going to play out, but I'll just say that he's put himself in a great position. As I uh, am the CEO of Borland Raptors, do you feel the same way about my leadership skills and my, <laughs> are they transferable to all, all mediums like Messiah's might be? Let me, let me just say this. If Messiah <laughs> Jerry does leave the Raptors for whatever reason, uh, uh, I will not be endorsing you for the president of the Raptors. <laughs> that's why. Oh. That's good for your career. Oh. That is oh. good for your career. Okay. Well, Jack, I'd like to thank you for coming on for the last time on Berlin Raptors. That's nice. Uh, all right. Listen, Jack, last time we were on, Kitch also complained about not getting enough airtime. So I have to make sure that he gets his like one or two questions in this time. So I'm going to throw this one to Kitch, but then I'm coming back to the Lowry trade scenario. So Kitch, if you're, uh, or if, Kitch, if you want to go Lowry trade, if that's one of your questions, by all means, but please, Christopher Kitchen. No, do, do the Lowry trade first. Do the Lowry trade. All right. First. Let's, let's, all right. You want to dive into Lowry? Okay. So, this actually comes to one of our, our, our avid listeners, Ike, uh, and it was going to come up regardless, but it's a decent question. Were we unable to trade Lowry or did we decide uh, the best, the actual best move was to keep Lowry? Because I'm really on the fence as to what one of those, those two things were uh, as an option. I mean, I personally think we were unable to trade him, uh, but I'd be curious on your thoughts. Well, I think there was chatter. Uh, I think uh, there was smoke. But was there fire? Uh, I think there, there came a point where uh, they listened to a number of different scenarios. Uh, they pondered a lot of those things. And the question always is this. You have to make sure that what you take back makes sense. And to me, uh, you send a guy like that out, you understand what his value is to your franchise. And I thought Masai made a really good point. And maybe, maybe a lot of other teams don't value it as much as he does. He knows that Kyle Lowry, you put Kyle Lowry on XYZ, I think he makes the impact, the same impact that Chris Paul's making right now on Phoenix. That's significant. And maybe some teams out there don't see it the same way, but I agree with Masai that if, if you're – whoever, Miami or the Lakers or whoever, the speculated team, Philadelphia, with all due respect to George Hill, I think Kyle Lowry comes in. There's something that you can't statistically put your finger on, that he comes in that room and it's game on. And to me, uh, so they value that and they value him. So if you're going to make that trade, uh, you have to get value back, and more importantly, you have to get assets back that make sense for your uh, program going forward. Uh, you're not going to take people's bad contracts. You're not going to take players that don't help you. Uh, you're not going to take players that uh, are, are a weight, a drag on your salary cap uh, long term and that don't fit your plan. So sometimes Jack, the best trades are the ones that you don't make. But does that not – uh, does your answer change if Lowry walks in the offseason and we and we get absolutely nothing for him when we could have had potentially had an asset of some sort? Well, the question is, what was that asset? Uh, 
don't you right, think me, they? Well, let me ask you, you this. Think, don't you think they asked themselves that question? Don't I'd you like to, think? I'd let, like let to think finish. so. Well, don't you think that? Uh, don't you think that Masai Ujiri, I think you forget, was an assistant GM at the time when Chris Bosh walked. Right? He worked for Brian right. Colangelo. He was in Toronto. He saw that happen. Don't you think he knows that? Don't you think he understands that? I think he uh, he's fully aware of that scenario. So my point is, what was being offered by whoever was offering, I still think he felt, I'll take that chance rather than what I would have to take on for my team. Plus, if if, if that guy walks, I now it opens up salary money for me. So to me, I, I think you weigh all those things. Sometimes you put them in silos. Other times you look at the entire picture. And in, in this instance, you look at both. But to me, I think those are the things uh, you value. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but you don't like my answer. But here's the question. If you're sitting in the room with him and you're getting a horrible offer from the Lakers and they're trying to fleece you, or Pat Riley's trying to fleece you, which he tries to do to everybody, okay? If they're trying to fleece you, okay, and you're not going to get what you want, and you're going to get things back that you don't want, you're saying to yourself, you know what? I'm better off taking the chance, and I'm still better off, even if he walks, than the crap that they're willing to send me. It's insulting. You're insulting me with that offer, and that's my point. Um, you're not insulting me with the question. Understand that. But in, in many ways, you still have to value that player. And if they're not going to value him at the same level, if not more, than Chris Paul, then screw them. All right. Well, listen, when I'm shadowing Masai as the next president of uh, <laughs> basketball operation, I will, will, I'll ask some of those questions, Jack, and we'll find out. We'll see how the, the BART regime. You get a, I think you'd get a similar answer than what I'm giving you, because <laughs> uh, if you're Pat Riley, if you don't think that Kyle Lowry can bring you uh, what Chris Paul brings Phoenix uh, at an extended age. Okay. I and mean, we're talking a Jason Kidd, John Stockton type older point guard who can still impact winning if 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 you if, and if you're not going to value him and return to me assets that fit that then then screw up there's my point okay all right listen thank you there was impassioned i like that jack well uh, it's true i agree i listen i don't i'm not arguing i'm not arguing with you on that i'm just concerned uh I get it. We're going to have 30 million under the cap. If he doesn't resign, we're going to have a ton of cap space if he doesn't resign. So I, I there are some, obviously some pros. Even if he does walk, I just, it's, yeah, I, I'm still not, I, listen, Jack, this is why you're the professional and I'm just a guy running a podcast because I'm not sure. And you're sure. And that's good. That's the way it should be. All right, Kitch over. Let's throw one over to you uh, before we come back to some more trade talk. So the thing that listen to the, listen to the, the broadcast last night, um, <laughs> you, you had you had a strong opinion on on Dustin Johnson's Masters dinner. <laughs> so so explain to us why why you are a big fan of pigs in a blanket. Pigs in a blanket. Uh, when I was going to uh, weddings when I was a kid in, in Brooklyn, uh, that was like the appetizer. You know, you'd have your, your <laughs> bottle of Budweiser, ice cold Bud Heavy. 
Not Bud Light, Bud Heavy. At that point in my life, I was drinking Bud Heavies. You mean the original, and, uh, the original, the King of Beers. The original King of Beers, Bud Heavies, ice cold in a bottle. Uh, and, uh, you know, and every time that person would come by, uh, man, those pigs in a bank blanket were great. You know, they're a little salty. They created a little, a little. thirst, a little thirst factor. Uh, so that, it's just a fond memory. Actually, my wife uh, for Super Bowl, I guess they have them at the supermarket, and she bought a, a pack of them, and I, I literally devoured them. Uh, and I was, I was already on a diet. I always go on a diet right after New Year's um, to get myself back in a fighting shape for the spring. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and, and, uh, yet I, I, I skipped, I slipped on the diet that day when, when the pigs in a blanket were there, I gotta, I gotta tell you a funny wedding story though. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had, you know, I had no money. So let's just say I get invited to your wedding, Dave. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, back then, and obviously growing up in Brooklyn, uh, you know, usually people would give a hundred, you put a hundred dollars in the envelope, you know, you give a hundred dollars in the envelope. So what I would do is I would go to the bank and buy a hundred dollar savings bond. Okay. The thing is the savings bond, when you bought it was only worth $50. So I got to drink a ton of beer, have a great time at your wedding, have my pigs in a blanket, but I only spent $50 on your hundred dollar gift. So now you and your lovely bride would have to wait like 12 years for that bond to actually mature so people would you know and it was it, it's one of the all-time great scams i don't even know if there's savings bonds anymore yeah, but if you're you know what if you're I low just... on money if you're low on money it's a great gift because you really only give it half well you know what can i just say should i ever walk down the aisle again remind me not to invite you <laughs> <laughs> well i don't even know if savings bonds exist anymore but well, i will say this if i show up at your second wedding you better have pigs in a blanket and cold budweiser I'll, I'll i'll definitely make a mental note of that jack that'll definitely be top of mind um all right listen back to back to raptor talk here for a second uh quickly your thoughts on the pallet trade well, I think clearly uh, the Raptors have made a decision that they didn't want to go to the price range uh, that they felt he was going to get on the open market as an independent contractor. Therefore, uh, they said, okay, this is a guy that we want to turn into assets. Uh, and I think Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, is a restricted free agent. He's younger, and they feel very comfortable with his trajectory. And I feel like uh, you're going to be able to sign him for less than what you have had for Powell, and you'll get similar similar productivity, probably better defense, similar productivity, and at a lower number. Uh, so it's an economic thing when you're starting to plan things out. Uh, Rodney Hood is kind of the proverbial look under the hood and see what he has left. Obviously, injuries have been a factor. He had a pretty significant injury uh, over a year ago, and he's trying to see what he can do. Can't do. Obviously, he's hurt right now with a hip injury. Uh, so to me, I think it's uh, a good young player. Uh, cost containment. You see this a lot in baseball. Uh, and then uh, I think with a guy like Rodney Hood, you kind of just see what is a what what's going on there and obviously it's a it's a team option on his contract so 
uh, you got to make the numbers work too. All right. Let me, so let me ask you this. Um, and as a, maybe of a, a devil's advocate or counter argument to that. So Powell his last 20 something games, the raps was in that 22 to 23 a game uh, shooting the three ball at roughly 44% in that same time frame. Uh, as Mike pointed out uh, pre uh, pod, he was the number one corner three point shooter in the league uh, this season. Are we devaluing a little bit, um, you know, 22 to 23 points a game? Is the NBA changed so much that that's, that's more a dime a dozen-ish commonplace to have those types of scores now because of the way the game's structured? Uh, and that's, so that's my concern. Like, did we devalue no. Norm's rise here well, a little I bit? Like, I, don't think, I don't think they're devaluing it. I think they're valuing what they're, they're, they're not devaluing it. They're going the other way. They're valuing it. And they're saying, this is what a guy like him on the open market this is his value. And now you have to make an economic decision where you've got a ton of money sunk into Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet, and OG Ananobi. Right, wrong, or indifferent, they are the three pieces of your cornerstone. And now you're saying, uh, can I afford to add Norm Powell to that at the value? I'm not devaluing. I'm valuing him. I'm saying, if I keep Norm Powell, uh, I want to treat him well. I'm going to pay him X number of dollars. Okay, now I still have 11 roster spots to fill. And where am I at? And how much money do I have left? And where are we going with this? And I want to be in the, uh, my standard, my goal is to be a top four Eastern Conference team and to play for an Eastern Conference championship and to play for an NBA championship. Does that model get me where I want to get to? And if you can't answer the question, yes, then you need to have a big boy discussion around the table and say, all right, where are we going with this? All right. All right. All right. I mean, listen, we're, listen, we're on the same page today, Jack. That's totally fine. That's why I love having you on the show. I finally need a contrarian view with kitchen dental. It's just, you know, it's sheep. It's always the sheep. Uh, so, all right, listen, I've got a couple more rapid questions. Then we're going to throw it to Kitch again. And then we've got some NBA talk. Uh, the Pascal nurse thing. Do you make anything of it? make is uh, that there are going to be times, and I've been there, you have it in your own family with your own kids. Uh, you have it as a coach. I've had it as a coach. There are going to be times where you have to have tough conversations with players. There are going to be times that you have to have tough love scenarios. There are going to be times where uh, they disagree with you and you disagree with them. And sometimes that uh, frustration rears its ugly head on occasion. And sometimes uh, I think letting all that out is good. I think holding it back uh, is bad. You know, so to me, I think at times conflict is good. Sometimes conflict creates change. Uh, conflict, uh, sometimes you just got to let it off your chest, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I mean, to me, I, I think, uh, Here's, here's a great line I learned a long time ago. What you resist will persist. That's very mindful of you, Jack. That's yeah. very meditation-like. Think, but think, think about it for a second. If you resist, if you say, you know, I'm going to take the high road and I'm just going to let go on uh, what's happening, uh, what I resist will persist. If I'm seeing something that I don't like and I don't do anything about it, all right, it's going to persist. 
So my job as a parent, my job as a coach, my job as a leader uh, is to say, when I see something that I'm uncomfortable with, I got to call you on it. I got to call you on it. Now, there are different ways to call people on it. And in our nuanced, politically correct world that we live in, uh, you know, there are, are, are different methodologies used today rather than maybe the iron fist of a Vince Lombardi uh, that, you know, you can't use anymore. You know, there's got to be a lot of velvet glove within that. But nonetheless, uh, to me, uh, so if there are things that you're saying, hey, wait a minute, your growth as a player or habits that I'm seeing or different skills or whatever uh, need to improve. It's my job. I'm paid to help you improve. Uh, and at times there'll be conflict. At times there'll be disagreement. I'm open to it. I uh, think it's good. Right, and right, I, think well, as, I, think as, I think as a leader, if you shy away from that, you'll get trampled. So right, to me, right. to me, to me, I'm, I'm cool with that. And, and I think it's cool at times if Pascal's frustrated. Yeah, maybe at times, you know, that's, that's the big boy element of pro sports. It's a, it's a collaborative thing. It's a partnership. And even when you have partnerships, just like you two uh, stellar podcast hosts, I'm sure there are times that there's conflict and disagreement with things and you got to talk it out. That's creativity. About once a week. So Jack, I'm, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll let you know. I'll let I you wouldn't know pluralize my, that either. I'll let you know how my uh, dinner conversation goes with Sue tonight. Now I'm really excited. So sitting at the dinner night, we're going to hash some stuff out. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that pans Good. out. You'll be outside walking the dog. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, kids. Listen, I'm throwing back to you here uh, before, because we've got a couple of uh, Jack, you may find this hard to believe, but we actually have a couple of unique podcast listeners who have some questions for you. So Jack, the, uh, the, what I, I, you show a lot of, uh, I say not discuss, but, uh, but uh, I'll use that word with the video replay system. What do you think they should do uh, with video replay for the NBA to not slow the pace of the game down? Cause I'm with you. I agree with it. It slows the whole momentum things down, but I'm, I'm curious to see what you think would be a good solution for that. I think it's going to help across. I think, look, I mean, team uh, leagues are employing a lot of people. I mean, you got all these centers and people and, I mean, everybody's, it, it's great. I mean, if you're a retired ref or whatever, it's a great, it's a great gig. I mean, we're, we're, you know, my point is this ain't that hard. Okay. It's not that hard. Right. Let's put a time limit on it. Okay. The play happens, start the clock. And by the end of the clock, I want an answer one way or the other. I mean, and, and if you can't give an answer, then the ruling on the court exists and we move on. The ruling on the field exists. The human element should still be part of it. And, and I'm not just saying this as a basketball fan. I'm saying it as a football fan, a baseball fan, a hockey fan. I mean, at some point in time, enough's enough. And uh, so I, I think they need to move it along and they need to be more efficient with it. Uh, and, I, and, and here's the other thing, Kitch. Uh, every game is unique because, uh, you know, you, you have the potential on a, uh, for example, ABC NBA Finals game, they have more technology. They have more camera angles than maybe a game on a Wednesday night at Memphis, you know. And and uh, and obviously the NBA has a certain standard of uh, required number of shots that they get wherever they are, and I respect that. But it, but there is still another gear, another level when you get into the playoffs that is at their disposal that maybe doesn't exist on a, a cold, snowy January night 
in, in Charlotte, you know? And, and so to me, I, like, let's, this ain't that hard. This is not that hard. I mean, think about it too. We went from having two officials to three. All right. So uh, we already added another. Now we're adding people in studios watching off a monitor. How many more people do we need? Let's figure it out. It ain't that hard. It's a ball or a strike. It's out or you're safe. It's it's a hold or it's not a hold. It's pass interference or not a pass interference. It's a block or a charge. Make up your mind. Jack, are you still part of the rules committee? I am. Well, I wouldn't this... say I'm part. I wouldn't say I'm part of the rules committee. I'm on the. I don't know. I don't even know if it exists anymore. But the two previous seasons before the pandemic, I was on the NBA officials advisory committee. So right. yes, I've sat in this these meetings and I've made uh, recommendations. I've sat with four NBA coaches uh, at these meetings, one year in Vegas, another one in Chicago. Uh, the last one, I, you know, I've, I've sat with Doc Rivers and Alvin Gentry and Mike Budenholzer and Monty Williams and, uh, you know, Terry Stotts and different people around the league. So, uh, and you know, so, yeah, I, 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 so I get it. I get it. And uh, I, I think I come from a different perspective because I'm an ex-Division One head coach who's also an, a basketball analyst. Uh, so I, I think I bring a different perspective that uh, is different than maybe an ex-player uh, or a play-by-play no, guy. They all have – so my worldview is more in line maybe with what Monty Williams' worldview is rather than maybe some play-by-play guy or an ex-player. Totally agree. All right, listen, Jack, because uh, we got to get you out of here relatively soon. Uh, and we've got a few questions from our listeners, and then we've got to do what drives you crazy, your favorite segment. Uh, and then we're gonna get you out of here. Didn't so. I just do that? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Now listen. Quick question. Michael Keenan. Does that name mean anything to you? Uh, I know a lot of Michael Keenans. I'm Irish, uh, okay. so there's a, there's a lot of Michael right. Keenans I know. All right. Well, this Michael Keenan reached out to us on Twitter last night to shout you out to say uh, you were his favorite high school freshman basketball coach. I'm assuming you only had one. You only had a freshman once. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, That's one of the many Michael Keenans I know. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said it was awesome. You were a great coach and he just wanted, he said, he said you were a huge success story from the Brooklyn area. So he just wanted to shout you out. So there you go. That was one of the Michael love you, buddy. Great. Uh, Great. Nazareth high school. Love it. That's right. That's right. Uh, Okay, uh, plant-based Canuck. Another Twitter. That's his Twitter handle. I don't think that's his full. Uh, I don't think that's his passport name. But plant-based Canuck. Quick question: uh, Your broadcast mentor, who I think we covered on the on the original pod, but we can do a quick shout out to your broadcast mentor. And what's the greatest lesson you've learned as a bro- as a broadcaster? Well, uh, broadcast mentor. Did I cover it the last time? Well, I, mean, you, I, I think I, 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 Hubie, I think we I talked about Hubie Brown, right? Oh, Hubie Brown was you, one of them. You know, Hubie Brown's one of them. Uh, a oh, man, oh man, I have so many like that have helped me along the way as broadcast mentors. I mean, like executives, I have a number of executives uh, that I turn to for advice uh, that are in Canada, also in the United States. Uh, the list is too long. Uh, and then I have people that I uh, really respect and love as a broadcaster that helped me as a young, you know, not, not I never had an idea I was going to get into it, but Phil Rizzuto was the voice of the Yankees. I loved Al McGuire. Uh, I loved John Madden when he first got out of coaching from the Oakland Raiders. 
he was as good a, a, a sports analyst as I've ever seen in terms of being able to describe blind play and the all 22, uh, you know, a, a great coach. Uh, Dick Vitale, Bill Raftery. Um, I think John McEnroe's great on tennis. Um, I think Tony Romo's a really talented young analyst. Um, so there's a lot, and, and I, I study all sports, uh, but those would be some people to me that have, have uh, and there's a UB Brown, obviously, there's a lot of guys in my career, uh, analysts who I've spoken to, I've gotten tips from. I'll never forget my first NCA tournament, uh, probably 20 years ago, 18 years ago, working for Sportsnet. And I spent uh, a few hours with Clark Kellogg who at the time, uh, Clark still does the yep. uh, tournament for CBS. And Clark helped me uh, learn how to prepare for 68 teams. Uh, and, and I have my own methodology now, and Clark helped me with that. So, uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of different people uh, over the years that have been great to me. Uh, and then the second part to the question was, well, you know what? We're going to skip that part. Don't worry. We're going to, we have, we have, we're moving on to the next question. It was just your, okay. your one of the, one of your lessons, but don't, we'll, we'll, we'll get well, back I, to it. Actually, my lesson as All a right, broadcaster is be, be concise, frame it, oh, give you, you a gem, give you a teaching point. My job's to tell you why and how, and give you a gem. My job's yeah. to inform and my job's to entertain. Uh, so, uh, and I try to do that. I try to I'll give you a coach's view an analytical view of what's going on and give you food for thought and let you reflect on things that are happening and tell you why it happened and how it happened. You know what? I feel like I do the same thing with kitchen deno each week, Jack. That's it. <laughs> and, then you, so. and then you follow with the, get that garbage out of here. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the, that's the gem. Side. That's the gem. That is the gem. That is the gem. Inform, entertain. <laughs> All right. Uh, next listener, Brock Webble, who's, who's been a guest host of this uh, pod. I might add, uh, he gave me a couple of questions, but he wanted me to settle on this one. What do you think the biggest regret or mistake the Raptors have ever made in the in their in their twenty something year history? Uh, trading Vince Carter at an incredibly low number, uh, just a horrible, horrible trade. Uh, just they completely devalued him. You talked about value devalue earlier. They devalued what he was, and they put him out as a devalued asset when, in fact, uh, that, was, that, was, that was bad. Uh, obviously, there's been tra- draft picks, you know, Rafael Ruggio, things like that. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff like that. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, but, but I they, that would be – Vince Carter would be at the top of the I list. think, you, Yeah, I think you hit that one in the head. It's funny because his other question was – do you believe Vince Carter will ever get his uh, jersey retired uh, in Raptorland? Uh, I think currently uh, Kyle Lowry would be number one. Uh, so I think uh, beyond that, beyond that moment, maybe a discussion takes place about uh, a Chris Bosh or you know I don't know how you retire Kawhi Leonard's jersey after one year. Um, you know Demar Derozan. Uh, Tracy McGrady wasn't here long enough. I wish he was. I really believe that if Tracy had stayed, he and Vince, we would have been in the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals a number of times over a 10-year period. But que sera, sera, life goes on. Uh, but I, I, I would say the discussion will happen about Vince, but it won't happen and shouldn't happen until the discussion about Kyle 
and maybe even a DeMar uh, prior to that. All right, listen, they, last, they, they honestly did more. Last question from our, our listeners. Hill Cohen reached out to us on Twitter last night. Uh, so now this is a little dicey one because I know you, you can't be saying like, he, I, I think I know, I understand what he was trying to say. So you can't be a Raptors announcer. You can't be a Brooklyn guy or a Knicks guy. And I, without you obviously chasing anyone's, I mean, you're not trying to cut anyone's grass. We know that, but he was sort of saying, what's your sort of next, what would be a desirable, let's just put it this way. What would be a desirable NBA location to be working from? Uh, I'm very happy with the one I'm at right now. I don't, I don't desire any of the other 29 markets. What I desire is to finish my career in Toronto. Uh, that's that's my desire. Um, I you know I learned something a long time ago. Are you happy? And I would say yeah. Well then don't blank with happy. You know so. Uh, Sorry, Jack. Can you fill I, in the blank for that? No, because oh. this is a family show. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, even though you cursed earlier, I was very disappointed in you. Oh, yeah, I'm going to wash him out. Jeez. That was so. All right. All right. Uh, he does all the time. Family show. You're clearly but, not uh, a listener. <laughs> uh, so to me, don't blank with happy. I'm I'm happy where I am. Uh, I, I, you know, I have I had uh, opportunities in the past. Yes. Uh, have teams reach out to me? Yes. Um, but I'm very happy where I am. We'll see. I hope I hope to finish my career in Toronto. Uh, it's a, it takes two to tango. I hope I hope that happens. Well, listen. You know what? There's always a seat available for you here, Jack. Regardless of what <laughs> happens, always a seat open at the table here. Um, okay, listen. These are like thirty seconds or less answers. Okay, who comes out of the East? Uh, if healthy, Brooklyn. Who comes out of the West? Lakers. Who wins it all? The Lakers. One point. You sure can. Here's the here's the caveat, and none of us know the answer to. Uh, what's home court going to mean? You know, so think about it. If, if you're in a municipality uh, that allows fans in, and another one that isn't, let's say I'm a two seed, and yet I'm playing, and, and I'm playing the three seed, and the three seed allows more people in the arena than the two. Uh, maybe I don't even have home court in the series that I'm, even though I earned home court in, you know, like, so to me, it's, it's hard to, there's a dynamic there in play as we go along here in the spring with the pandemic that none of us know the answer to, like the NBA just put something out today saying they expect full arenas next year. That's nice to put that out, but honestly, the, 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 the virus is in charge, not the NFL, not the NBA, the virus is in charge. And they can put all the protocols you want. It's a moving goalpost. We don't really know. We think we know, but we really don't know. Uh, so to me, it goes the same to the playoffs. I don't know what the landscape's going to look like in two months. And in some city, uh, they might open up the arena and there might be 70, 80% of the people there. And in some other arena that has is the better team, they might have 20%. You know, that could swing a series, honestly. Oh, I agree. No, that's a that's a fairly significant caveat. I agree. Totally yeah. agree. All right, listen, one word answers. Your MVP. Uh I was I would say Embiid, but he's been hurt now a lot. But he would have been my guy. Embiid's been my guy all year. I would say Embiid. I'm gonna stick with it, even though he's been banged up a lot. Okay. I like that. Uh I think I think he's got a chance. If he if he finishes strong, he's still got a chance at that. Uh 
You're drafting first overall. Suggs or Cade? I'll go Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Again, I don't think we agree on that, but that's okay, Jack. Uh, so, last one. Your Masters champion. Dustin Johnson served pigs in a blanket at the players' dinner. I got to go with Dustin <laughs> Johnson. And, and I'm not a Dustin Johnson fan, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to go with him uh, because, you know, a, a man with those high tastes, uh, I think he served filet. I think filet mignon was the uh, the dinner choice. Uh, we, and I'm a steak guy. You guys, we've been out together for dinner. Oh, yeah. and, uh, a steak and a potato and a, maybe a glass of water occasionally. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Dustin. Well, and let's not forget, he married a Canadian girl. I mean, that's obviously he's got great taste. Uh, Gretzky's daughter. Now, is she yeah, born right. in Canada or was she born in Los Angeles? Let's not get the details. Jack. Don't worry about the details. She's a Canadian girl through and through. Okay. We don't focus on details here. Yeah. On. Come on. Jack. I mean, that's yeah. It's a, yeah. So she doesn't have a Canadian passport. She's still Canadian. Doesn't matter. Uh, okay. Uh, Jack, this is it. The big moment. Uh, your last time you did this segment with us, the What Drives You Crazy segment, you, you hit it out of the park. You hit it out of the park. So uh, we're gonna, if you have one, we're going to lead with you on something that may just get you thinking about we, how we can improve certain things. What really bothers me is that our world has become way, way, way too reactionary uh, to what's said on social media. I'm not a member of it. Uh, I think uh, it is, it, it, it's, it's a small minority of people usually expressing outrage at a million different topics. Some of them very valid topics and some of them very noble causes. And then other times uh, not. And I think what happens now is you have political voices, uh, uh, sports voices, entertainment voices, whatever the case may be, uh, manipulating uh, people in a way that uh, is in fact. And a lot of it's fiction, a lot of it's half-truths. So to me, the thing that really bothers me is that people are now using social media as if it's a basis for fact. And in my opinion, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up, people would say, well, don't always believe what you read in the paper. I mean, those are people that are supposed to have journalistic credibility. Uh, and now what is media all about? I think media has become advocacy media. Uh, you watch a certain TV station and they're advocating this view. You watch another one, they're advocating this view. You listen to a, everyone's got a viewpoint. I, you know, so my point is social media is well beyond even that. It's just like the wild west, the internet and all that. It's just the wild west. And I, I, I'm at a point where what's wrong with sit. And again, right now we're in a pandemic, but what's wrong with sitting down with people and having a discussion over a cup of coffee, over a beer or something, and actually being able to exchange ideas and find an area of moderation. There's too much black. There's too much white. There's too much red. There's too much blue. We need gray. We need moderation. We need people having some degree of common sense. And I think the only thing uncommon right now is common sense. So to me, I think the Twitter machine drives a lot of 
really strange thoughts. And quite frankly, you have uh, people, unfortunately, in positions of power that are uh, swaying their thought processes and decision making uh, based upon what a minor, a small minority of loudmouths say. You know, so what's the old line? The squeaky wheel always gets the grease. I think the internet and social media is the squeaky wheel. And to me, uh, I'm, I'm of the belief that uh, when, you know, it's like with a little kid, after a while, you have to say, you can cry all you want. I'm not giving you what you want, you know? And, they're, you know, and, and to me, again, there are many times that the cause is valid and I support that. It's just gotten to the point, though, that everyone is outraged. Everyone is offended. Everyone's just kind of like, and I'm like, let's find the middle ground, please. Let's let's talk about it human to human. Like, let's get together. And uh, I mean, I was a coach at the time when sports radio became a big topic, a big thing. And it cost a lot of people jobs because you'd have presidents board members, athletic directors, uh, team owners, uh, whatever, influenced by some goofball that does a show every day from three to six that's screaming at the top, top of his lungs that the manager uh, made a bad pitching decision and the, guy, the manager should be fired. I mean, like, and what did the great Marv Levy say? Uh, if you spend too much time listening to the fans, you'll end up sitting with them. You know, and at some point, at some point in time, uh, if you're an executive, if you're a leader, you're in that position. So because you're qualified to make judgments and your job, your ability is to see the entire big picture uh, and see the forest, not the tree. But if you respond to every little yell and scream and and you think that is truly uh, policy, and you think that truly is a, a, a full representation of viewpoint, it's a scary thing right now. And I, I, I see, you know, you see it with polit political figures all the time, that uh, the fact that people are screaming and yelling about something on social media, uh, you know, they, they're either going hard right or hard left or running for the hills and hiding under their, hiding under their desk. Uh, so to me, I, I, that's what really bothers me right now is that there's not enough moderation and people hear, but they don't listen. So to me, I, I hope I've made, I hope I've made my point. You, you yeah. did. Uh, but uh, next time we do this, could you just, could you put a little more thought into your answer? Next time <laughs> well, do this. No, it was actually no thought. You asked me, <laughs> you asked me a question. I'm, I'm the, I'm the ultimate, my, my, what I do for a living is improv. What I do for a living is I'm live, I'm unscripted. And, uh, you know, a, a news anchor or whatever is reading off a teleprompter. I don't do that for a living. I mean, I am live. And, I'm re and, and sometimes that could get you in trouble because you're, you're automatically reacting. And I think, and that's a problem today, that people don't respect the fact that when you're, you know, it's a different world when you're live versus rehearsed. Versus me sitting down and having three hours with two cups of coffee to write a column. That's easy. That's Listen, easy. Let me, let me tell you something. You're in the safest podcast you've ever been on right now with our 12, oh. listeners, with our 12 listeners. No one's going to talk. Don't worry about it. You're, you're well, totally no, I, I, 
haven't said anything. <laughs> Safe as can be. Anybody. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is the fact that we got to find moderation. We got to find an area of common sense. We got to find an area of diplomacy, listening to each other, respecting each other, having empathy for each other, and uh, not tearing each other down uh, with fa- you know faceless assassins that are on Ooh, social media like and that, that are on that are on uh, that same person that's carving you up. And again, I'm not on it. I, I, mean, I know what you mean. I, You're I, right. That that same person is also coming up to you at a game saying, hey, I'm a big fan of yours. And can I have an autograph or can I have a picture? And yet they're in their basement, uh, in their in their boxers, uh, carving up uh, the coach or carving you up or whatever. And, and there's no consequences. There's no accountability. All right. Can I just tell you that faceless assassin? You got to work that into the to the to the program more often. That's a that's a great expression. I'm not yeah. sure how you do it, but that's like that's like get that garbage out of here, worthy. I tell you, that's a good. Well, one. I I'll just I'll just say that uh, having been a Division One head coach and now what I do for a living, uh, you are a public figure, and uh, I've seen, uh, and I'm I'm just I'm I'm a small I'm a little caraway seed in the bakery of life. I'm just a little small potatoes. But when I see uh, what people at the highest level are subjected to and the venom uh, and the nonsense that their families go through uh, in a world that nobody's accountable for what they say, that's scary, you know, and, and yeah. people, people get people's reputations are being harmed and people's careers are being ended. Uh, because people go after, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. There's no accountability. So to me, uh, I hope that maybe when this pandemic ends, people say, you know what the hell, I'm going to get off my phone. I'm going to get off my laptop. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go sit and have dinner with somebody or have coffee with somebody or have a beer with somebody. I'm going to celebrate the human experience. And I'm not going to allow the phone to stand in the way of that. I'm going to actually celebrate the human being that I'm with. Uh, listen, true words never been uh, spoken. That was very well put. Uh, the great Jack Armstrong, everyone. Uh, Jack, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, let's not wait 13 months to do it again uh, next time. But this was great as always. So thank you. We look forward to, uh, you know what? I'll just tell you what, your last podcast, uh, our highest rated uh, podcast, or most downloads, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I'm quite certain that this will this will get close to that, if not eclipse it. So uh, so thank you. Well, Dave and Kitch, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure and, uh, I hope to be on again at some point down the road and, and congratulations. You're still in the podcast business. <laughs> well, uh, barely, barely, <laughs> but you know, my point I'm with an upward, I mean, better days ahead. Uh, this thing's got great potential and, uh, I'm happy to support you. I know you had my man, Maddie B on and, uh, uh, I'm sure that w- that was a big hit and I'm happy to join you. And I look forward to joining you again down the road. Well, just so you know, uh, like most uh, college basketball freshmen, uh, Maddie's one and done with us. That's a one and done scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Jack, you got to get out of here. Thank you. Thanks, Jacko. You got it, guys. My pleasure. All right, catch backyard gambling. Uh, it's master's week at Augusta. Uh, obviously at Augusta. Um, and we are going to, wow. Now listen, Kitch, can we just get one thing straight? Can you not talk about 
your expertise in this field. Like you, you've really kind of missed the mark the last few times when you talked about all, all the knowledge that you seem to have. It, it's not working out great. For you. Why don't you just admit you're just going to fly by the seat of your pants on this one and throw some shit against the wall and hope some of it sticks. If if I was a gambler, I would have bet the farm for Gonzaga to win the NCAA. But uh, oh, that uh, that that would too. that one blindsided me. Like, you know, so, uh, the whole NCA the whole NCA was something I I really want to forget. It was a it was a it was it was a poor performance by Kitch. Well, I mean, I can't. It was horrible. Actually, it wasn't poor. Like it was like that was off the charts bad for you. I'm not sure you got one pick right <laughs> of anything. Uh, but can we just talk about that that final for a second? Um, wow, for Baylor. Yeah. Like they just brought, you know what? See, this is what I tell Bobby on the tennis court all the time, right? You got to walk on that court. Like, I don't give a fuck who I'm playing Yeah, and just take it to them. And that's it. Baylor's like Gonzaga undefeated. I don't care. They just walked on that court and like, yeah, we're going to beat you. And it yeah. was never, it was never in question. Five minutes in game was over. Like, five, five minutes in game was over. And you know why? The same problem the Raptors have. I'm now convinced. And this is, this is not earth shattering. If you cannot defensively rebound the basketball, you will lose more games than you win. And they killed them on the offensive boards. I think they offensive rebounded them. I think it was like 17 to four, right? That's just, that much, that's just yeah. too many uh, opportunities. But those guys, Oh my God, some of the Baylor guys were monsters compared to the Gonzaga guys. Uh, so I don't buy into any of this. Like, Oh, they came off the big W from UCLA. Uh, it was, you know, drain bullshit, right? It didn't drain them. This is the better team one. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. They, they play that game 50 times. Baylor's winning 46 of them. Ooh, that might be a stretch, but they nope. went a four to, they went a four to seven series for sure. Oh my. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So Kitch with, with that lead in to your master's uh, picks. So here's what we're doing. We're going to get an overall winner. We're going to pick three guys who are not your overall winner to, to come top five. Uh, and then, so I like this little parlay. You're going to pick a parlay of two people either to make the cut or two people to miss the cut. One or the other. Mine are going to be to miss the cut. And you put, so that that's the format today. So do you want to, uh, do you want to kick things off? What do you want first? Uh, let's, let's start with the fun parlay option first. Let's go with the fun parlay. So the fun parlay, I'm going to have Larry Mize and, uh, and all of Thobble. So all of Thobble and <laughs> to make the cut, obviously to make the cut. Yeah. That should pay well <laughs> to, not, to, not, to not make the cut. All right. Well, all right. So uh, seriously, seriously, I know I might, my, my, uh, my suggestions are shaky. I'm going to go, I'm going to take guys on this parlay. So I'm, I'm going to say to make the cut. But you got to go with some depth. You can't go with like I agree, make, make totally. Cuts. Yeah, so, that's got to pay. Like I want this to pay. Yeah. So my guys to make the cut are going to be the Canadian Corey Connors. He's been doing well this year. I think he's going to make the cut. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to parlay that with Abraham Answer. Answer was right. He was there last year. If you remember, he was actually he might have been leading over the last round. He was. He was, uh, he was in the right, final group. Yeah, he was right there. He was right, he was right there. there, and he just and he was awful on the last day. So. Good bit of experience there. So I will go with Answer and Connors as my parlay to make the cut. Okay. I like that. Uh, now, do you want do you want me to go with that? Yeah, with my pick? Go with that now. So I went uh, anti because uh, there's more fun and tragedy uh, than there is success. <laughs> so I went for two guys not to make the uh, the cut. And I'm just double checking what it ended up paying. But I'm pretty sure it was three and a half, four to one. So I've got Poulter at like plus 162 to not make the cut. And I've got Wolf uh, to also Wolf W O L F F E I believe is the uh, spelling uh, to not make the cut. Parlay that, and I believe it's like four to one to not make the cut. Wolfie 
and Poulter do not make the cut. See, that's, that's not juicy the, enough, though. I think mine would be like, I think mine's going to be well up there. Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. It's probably four to one. You're probably right. Yeah, it's, it doesn't get much more than that. I'll, I can, I'll tell you. You know what? You tell us your uh, uh, your next bit, and I'll and I'll have the uh, I'll have the answer for you. Now, this one, remember, three picks to make the top five, but not none of them are your winners, right? Three picks to make the top five, but not the winners. Okay, but not the winner. Okay, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Patrick Cantley to make the top five. It's not gonna be a great payout, but I, I it'd be enough to to make it worthwhile. So Cantley to make the top five is, is my first pick. Uh, my second one is uh, where do I have that here? Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith played this tournament very well last year. Um, I think he actually even finished second. Or he was he was right he was right there at the end. So I will take. Uh, Cameron Smith as the as a as a person who can come in the top five, and then I'm going to go with Marikawa. I think Marikawa mm-hmm. is my is another one of my top five picks uh, for for this event. So Cantley, Marikawa, and Smith are the three that I uh, that I'm going to take for. for okay, interesting, interesting. Actually, you know what? All those would be uh, those are decent payouts for those. Uh, you cannot parlay this, by the way. I tried to do that today. You couldn't. You can't parlay your top five picks. Uh, so I went for top five, not to win, but finish top five. I've got DeChambeau. Really? Everybody uh, hates him. Eh? Everybody's against him in this tournament. No. Uh, well, everyone hates him, I think, regardless. Um, even though there's an outside chance, I potentially have a, he, So in theory, he's coming to the Heritage in Hilton Head the following week. And I might get a chance to uh, to bump knuckles with him. So there you go. Well, watch your knuckles will be broken. <laughs> Yeah, if he takes a swing, yeah, I agree. I'm in trouble. Uh, all right, so I'm going to Shambo to make top five. Patrick Reed, top five. Uh, again, team hate team. The all hate team. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, everything's dark with me. Can and I then, can I pick some, can I pick the last guy? <laughs> Who else do people uh, hate? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, they used to hate this guy. I don't think they, I think he's sort of a beloved figure now. But uh, Sergio Garcia. Sergio? I was going to say Sergio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sergio. So those are my three non-winners, but I believe they will make the top five. So, uh, Kitch, just going back, you had Connors to make the cut, and who? Uh, I had Connors. Oh, and an answer. answer to make the cut. Yeah, that's re- oh, that's top five. Sorry, never mind. Top five. Uh, okay. So, Kitch, moving on to your winner. My winner is going to be it's and it's it's eight and a half to ones, which is decent odds. It's going to be DJ. I think Johnson repeats here. I think he is head and shoulders above the rest. I think he plays the Masters well. So, so I'm going to I'm going to ride with the favorite and the favorite at eight point two five to one. That's not terrible. That's still some decent juice there. So I'll be putting a a decent wager on DJ to win it all. You you know you have fallen in love with DJ. You really really have. Uh, I I must admit I I did not go with him. I I don't feel great about it. By the way, you're you're vaunted to make the cut pick. Well, this is this is juicy. Minus one eighteen. What is 118 for those two guys? Yeah, to make God. the cut. Everything's 94 to one and 105 to one in this. So I guess so many people make the cut in this tournament because they got so many true. got so many duds in this tournament. Like guys That's who a, want it, want it. Like the last the last five threesomes are all not a chance. Like they're all just previous winners who won't have a chance of winning. I don't Yeah, that's, I don't that's why it's always more fun to go uh against the cut. Yeah, yeah true. cheer for negativity. Uh yeah, I was right. 162 and 150, and mine paid oh five hit plus five fifty six. I like it. Uh, all right, I went uh, Thomas, Justin, JT. Yeah, you know what? I think I think that uh, players' championship was a big W for him. Got sort of the monkey off his back with respect to that whole issue he had, where he blurted out a ridiculous word after a missed putt. I think that weighed on him. I think winning that was huge. 
Uh, he's a good putter. Uh, he's long enough. I, I like JT, which just means I didn't have I didn't have DJ in my top five, which is interesting. I probably should have, but uh, he's not on the all hate team. So uh, no, he's, people he like him. People like him. Hate him. You can't yeah. hate him. Yeah, it's tough to hate DJ. Yeah. Uh, okay, well that that's it. So Abby, uh, well, I'm sure she'll get our 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 picks up uh, on Insta and Twitter. Well, so it'll be out there for uh, forever, basically. Yeah. So tread carefully. So yeah. tread carefully. No, I'm telling you right now, my no cut, no cut parlay. Or sorry, uh, don't make the cut parlay. That's the one. Plus five fifty six. Those that's gonna happen. You have, to, you have to find a betting site that allows you to do that, which which is it's rare out there. Bet three sixty five, baby. I know our future our future sponsor, Bet three sixty five. Uh okay, so moving on. What drives me crazy? All right, here we go. The uh the COVID distribution and whole <laughs> vaccine distribution in in uh in canada is your home country your home so country. We, are, we are going we are apparently ontario our whole province is going into a lockdown potentially starting tomorrow they got like a stay-at-home lockdown so we're back to basically we're at square one we're getting vaccines coming in so they're, they're only dis- distributing two-thirds of the vaccines coming in so they for uh, they don't even have a plan in place to get them all distributed properly when they, when they do come across and then I, I'm looking around and, and I'm, I'm looking around the world, more so the U.S. The U.S. has on Monday of this week, they opened the vaccination up. And I, I'm looking at Florida. That was a place I was looking at. They opened up the whole state to anybody over 16 could get a vaccine. Go on there, register anybody over 16. We are still at 70. 70 year olds are getting it now. 60s can register, but the 60 year olds are still are still. I'm not sure they're getting their appointments or they're just starting their appointments. But to think of that. We're at 60 to 70 and the and other parts of the world are at 16. Oh, Canada government, get your shit together and get this thing going. <laughs> Driving me crazy. And I'm going cabin fever and a bit of cabin fever, too. I, I think we could just play your what drives you on a loop. Like I, it's, they're just add a couple words in there and just boom, you can just loop it because that's pretty much uh, there's been a consistent theme here with uh, the Trudeau uh the Trudeau government <laughs> the last few weeks, but I hear you. Listen, it is kind of crazy how Canada is just that far behind the uh, the rest of the civilized world. You know, here in South Carolina, you know, Bobby, my sixteen year old, he got his uh, on Sunday. Uh, I got mine uh, on Monday. The J and J, which I don't think J and J is even remotely available in Canada no, at the moment. No. The one shot, I love the one shotter. Uh, so yeah, uh, listen, it it is mind boggling to think that you guys are going to be stay at home. Uh, stay-at-home orders as of like tonight or tomorrow morning like it's just yeah that I, I listen as we were talking about earlier it's this start and stopping that's that's killing people right that's what people are getting so frustrated with yeah yeah it's, it's hard on your psyche like it, it gives you false you, you keep getting false hope and then keep getting disappointed so that that weighs on people if you if you are you, you set them up and, and you know what, we haven't you know what no one's even factored into the uh how many kids that people don't want are going to be created in this environment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's gonna, what is the aftershock of that going to be? All right. Listen, uh, mine, uh, what drives is of similar ilk, uh, not governmental. This is more the individual. Um, So listen, this is not a political podcast by any stretch. Uh, And I don't, this is not an anti-vax or pro-vaxxer, although I believe firmly that uh, there's no uh, there's no downside to getting the vaccine, that I think it's the right choice. Uh, but I also respect the fact that people aren't necessarily taking it for whatever reason. However, I don't respect it if your reason is, I have done the research. The number of people told me that they are not going to get the vaccine because 
they, and I was, that was me making the quotations on, they have done the research. Well, that's ridiculous. You literally have not done the research. (laughs) Unless you've gone to some school where you've got a chemistry, science, you spent your entire life researching molecules, genes, whatever the fuck it is. You have not done the research because you go to Google and find some thing that you want to believe in that says, oh, yeah, the vaccine's bad for you. That does not mean you've done the research. You have not done the research. So don't tell me that you are not taking the vaccine because you, as Joe Blow off the street, has done the research. That is the most ridiculous thing that anyone could ever say to me. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And it, I just can't believe people throw that shit out there and think, and what are they waiting for the other person to go, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. You have done the research. So I get it. Yeah, don't do it. Oh, why am I doing it? Yeah. I had no idea that people do. Where'd you get your PhD in science from? Where'd you get that from? (laughs) (laughs) I've done the research. So there you go. That's what, uh, that's what's driving me crazy when people talk like that. So anyways, but like I said, you know what you want to do it. Don't do it. Whatever. Google, Google Uh, research. It's a great tool. I know. It's just, it's mind boggling. Just really, really mind boggling. So, uh, so there you go. All right, listen, uh, we're going to be right at the hour mark here, which is pretty good. When Jackson on the program, we did at the hour mark. That's pretty good. Uh, Oh, but we have to do, Oh, I forgot. So uh, let's do AOB. Uh, and then we're going to come back to uh, our gambling segment that we lost that we'll cut in. Mike, you'll, you'll produce, you'll uh, edit things properly here. So uh, Kit, you have any AOB? I have none. I have no AB, AOB for this week. Oh, well, that's, that's unusual. Uh, well, I kind of already referenced my AOB. My AOB was just going to be like I had the J&J shot. Uh, I felt like shit for a day, uh, but now I feel great. And I feel like I can eat indoors. <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm so happy. Which I will be doing tonight, actually. Oh, way to go. Awesome. That's fantastic. Great. That's great. All right. Well, listen, uh, with that, uh, we can, I think we can wrap it up. We can Kawhi away. Well, kids, that's you. That's what was my kid. Take it away, Kawhi. Take it away, Kawhi. Jesus Christ. 90 shows in. You still haven't figured it out. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kawhi. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. Ha, 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 ha.